welcome to another episode of Media Matchmaker, a podcast from Huntington News. Just a little heads up that this episode was recorded back in December. So when I refer to this year, that is 2021 and not 2022. Unfortunately, this also means that we do not have a chance to discuss the most recent season that just started airing. But without further ado... This is Hannah Rossman, your media matchmaker speaking. I am a third year media and screen studies major here at Northeastern. And on this podcast, I will be helping guests find the movie, book, or TV show of their dreams. My formula is simple. A guest tells me about their favorite piece of media and I recommend other media I think they might like. And then they all live happily ever after. Today's guest is Gray Timberlake. She is a second year journalism and media and screen studies major from San Francisco. She writes for the Hunt News' lifestyle section, and when she's not doing that, she loves reading, dogs, and exploring the outdoors. Hey Gray, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Oh, I am delightful. I'm super excited to be talking with you today. Me too. Yay. So what show are you here to talk about? I'm here to talk about my favorite show, Euphoria. Oh my god. I'm so excited for it because I love this show too. (laughs) And this is our first TV show that someone has brought in. Yeah, so so it's kind of like a new ground that we're covering. Well, Euphoria is an HBO show which premiered in June of 2019. Two special episodes premiered at the beginning of this year, and season two was shot this summer, and a teaser trailer just came out that was, like, really cool. Mm -hmm. How'd you feel about that trailer? It was so exciting. Looks like there's going to be a lot going on in the next season, so I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I, w- I, I, I like, watched it several times. I was like, a lot happened here. <laughs> There's a lot to impact. Yeah, so much. I'm sure I missed a lot of it, but I'm excited. The show was created by Sam Levinson, who, interestingly, is the son of Academy Award-winning director Barry Levinson. Barry Levinson directed Rain Man, Diner, Good Morning Vietnam, a bunch of other movies. So he's super famous, so his son has a lot to live up to, but, you know, he's doing a good job so far. His directorial debut was Another Happy Day in 2011. I have not seen this movie, but a review that I read of it said the characters are too unpleasant to endure. Mm. So that (laughs) seemed rough. So maybe that's not the movie for us to watch. (laughs) But he has also directed Assassination Nation, which we might bring up in a minute, and Malcolm and Marie, which is his most recent movie that came out on Netflix in 2021. Both were like not that well-received critically, unlike Euphoria, which has gotten like raves. So that's kind of interesting. Maybe he's more of a TV director than a movie director, or you know, maybe he just hasn't hit his stride with movies yet. We don't know. He also adapted the screenplay for next year's erotic thriller called Deep Water, which is adapted from a Patricia Highsmith book. She's the writer of The Talented Mr. Ripley, Strangers on a Train, and The Price of Salt, which was adapted into Carol. I am a big fan of her work, so I'm really excited for this one. Hopefully, it will be good. My fingers are crossed. It's also starring Ben Affleck and Anna DeArmas. And it was shot while they were dating. So, like, that's kind of interesting. You know, maybe there's, like, some sexy tension there. I don't know. I'm excited (laughs) for it. 
But Euphoria was loosely based on the Israeli TV miniseries of the same name that was created by Ron Lashem and Daphna Levin. They are both executive producers on the American Euphoria series, and Lashem was also a writer. So that's kind of cool. Euphoria stars Zendaya, who started on Disney Channel before graduating to adult roles. She won the 2020 Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series Emmy for playing Rue in Euphoria, and that made her the youngest recipient of that award ever, so she's kind of killing it. For those who have not seen Euphoria, could you give us a little plot description, Gray? Yes, there is a lot going on, so (laughs) I don't know how simple to keep this description, but it's eight episodes, and it follows Rue, who is the main character, and um, each episode kind of dives into, like, a different character and their background, and, like, they each kind of have, like, one big problem that this episode focuses on, so there's, like, her new best friend, Jules, who just moved to a new town and her mom is um, a drug addict, we think, and, you know, she's <laughs> trans, and every character has, yeah, kind of a big thing that an episode focuses on, and it's set in high school, and I think that some people kind of criticized it because they said that, you know, it seemed not very realistic for, like, a high school show, and while I think that could be true, I think if you did a show on, like, just a typical high school, it'd be kind of boring, so, you so know, it's, true. it's a lot more interesting. There are a lot of, like, pretty big themes like drug abuse and self-harm and family issues and gender identity and sexuality and stuff and I guess kind of the like main plot line is following Rue and her friendships and her friendship slash like crush slash relationship with her best friend Jules and all the other characters are involved in, and Rue has just gotten out of rehab, so addiction's a big theme with that, and like using Jules as kind of like a way to stay sober, and then the season ends when the two of them are at a winter formal, and they like make this whole plan to run away, but they don't really have much backing the plan, and the show ends with Jules getting on the train and leaving, and Rue deciding to stay back, so we're kind of like, where, you know, what happens next? And there are two episodes that we get, and we don't really find out what happens, but we like see a little deep dive into two of the characters, which is Jules and Rue, and they both kind of touch on like during the season and after the seasons. Also in Euphoria, a big thing is like time is kind of warped. Like they, there is like a pretty solid like timeline and plot throughout the entire series, but then there's like a lot of flashbacks and there's like scenes where you don't know if it's actually happening in real life or if it's a dream and there's like in the two special episodes, it goes forward in time. So that's kind of why I love it is that it's like so, imaginative and creative and yeah yeah Yeah, it's definitely heightened yes absolutely and there are certain scenes where like I think the reason I love euphoria so much is that it's like for me it's like an experience like Mm. like it's not just I'm watching like usually like shows it's like oh that plot's amazing or like I love that actor and or I love the makeup or the soundtrack and euphoria just it's all of it like a big package in one that I love every part of it and like when you're saying heightened there's certain things like there's a scene where I don't know if they're actually on drugs or if it's like that they are just like each other's drugs but we're like Jules and Rue are under like a blanket and like their makeup is like going down their dripping down their faces and like the sound is all warped and like just everything's warped and like I those type of (laughs) 
scenes, like, ah, oh, I love them. Yeah, I, well, I feel like the aesthetic has really become a big thing, like, yes. in teen culture. I remember, like, the Halloween right after it came mm-hmm. out, like, everyone was doing that makeup as their Halloween yes. costumes, and, like, it was awesome. I was like, this is creative and cool, of inspiring people to do fun things. And like you said, you know, it brings up a lot of really difficult topics, you know, mental health, self-harm, mm-hmm. addiction, a bunch of other things. Catfishing, like, there's yes. so much. Yeah, they really touch on everything, and, you know, even if it's not the most realistic portrayals of those things, it gets people talking about it, which is really important. Yes, I definitely agree. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It's, <laughs> it's, it's very fun. Yeah, it's kind of like a soap opera in yeah, some ways. That's like true. it's very just melodramatic, but in an awesome way, I yeah, think. I like wonderful. it a lot. <laughs> so, since you brought up the heightened element as a mm-hmm. reason that you really like it, I wanted to recommend Assassination Nation okay. as my first recommendation. Have you seen this I have movie? Not, no. Oh my god. Okay. It's really a wild one. It's somehow like maybe even more heightened than Euphoria wow. or just heightened in a different way. So it is, again, also directed by Sam Levinson, and it is a 2018 comedic thriller. Like, what does that mean? I don't even know. But that's what it says when you look <laughs> it up. That's the genre. It stars Odessa Young, Suki Waterhouse, Hari Neff, and Abra as high school best friends who are trying to survive the wrath of their small town after a hacker leaks the personal secrets of half of the residents. Ooh. And, like chaos ensues. Big chaos. Joel McHale from Community plays this super creepy neighbor dude. (laughs) So I just really appreciated that because I've always been like, that dude has a creepy face. (laughs) And it's really interesting because it feels almost like a first draft of Euphoria Mm -hmm. or like he was taking ideas from this Mm -hmm. and putting it into Euphoria in a more kind of fleshed out way because a lot of the criticism with this film was about how it wasn't very fleshed out. The characters Mm -hmm. are kind of one-dimensional but I think that Sam Levinson isn't super interested in characters necessarily. He's more interested in ideas and the thing about Rue and Jules and Euphoria is that they're played by such great actresses Mm -hmm. that they feel very real, but I don't necessarily think that that's in the writing. Like, I'm not sure Sam Levinson really imbues them with a ton of realistic characteristics. He more imbues them with all these ideas, and they're Mm -hmm. almost like mouthpieces for these really interesting Mm -hmm. ideas. And not to hate on any of these actresses because they're all great as well, but I think that maybe the material is just not suited for them to really seem lifelike but honestly I don't have an issue with that like I still enjoyed it because it's so stylized and it brings up a lot of important ideas some of which are very similar to Euphoria for example Hari Neff is a trans actress and she plays a trans character in Assassination Nation much like Hunter Schaefer plays a trans character in Euphoria and both plots deal with transphobia and self-esteem and transitioning and stuff like that, which I thought was really interesting. It also shares two actors with Euphoria. Coleman Domingo, who plays Ali in Euphoria, is also in Assassination Nation, and the characters are weirdly similar. They're both kind of these mentoring father figures. 
And then Maud Apatow, who plays Lexi in Euphoria, plays a very similar character who's subverted a little bit mm. because she ends up being kind of angsty. But, you know, again, that kind of sweet girl next door vibe right. from Euphoria. So I was like, okay, like, I feel like this was kind of your first draft. Mm, but interesting. it's an entertaining movie. Okay. So I think... If you're a fan of Euphoria, you might be into this. That sounds really good. I'm excited to watch it. <laughs> oh, yay. Okay, I cannot wait to hear what you think because it is a pretty controversial movie, I okay. feel like. It, this doesn't spoil anything, but it starts off with this big trigger warning okay. where it lists all these things that you might find triggering in it. And it lists things like suicide, mental health issues, eating disorders, which are all present in the movie. Then it also lists things like men, social media, and it's like, okay, well, these are not all the same thing. Right. What are you saying? Is it kind of here? making a joke about trigger warnings? A little it, bit. Yeah, it's a little bit of a joke, huh? And it's very interesting. I will be so fascinated to hear what you think. Okay. Because it definitely was a movie where I was like, huh, at the end. And then I was like, I think I liked it. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> It's also definitely quite violent, just okay. to warn you. Okay, good to know. Yeah, the assassination of the title does right. take place. Okay. So my next recommendation, though, is unfortunately still very violent, but <laughs> really fun. This is one of my favorite TV shows ever. So it's basically in the pantheon of teen soap operas that I think Euphoria is also a part of, also Gossip Girl, Pretty Little Liars, right? It. All those are in there, but this is my favorite of those. It's Veronica Mars. Have you okay, seen this no, show? I'm not. Oh my god. Okay, so it's a 2004 neo noir show that was on UPN, which is now defunct, but basically turned into the CW. And it was originally three seasons, and then they made a 2014 film, and then they did a fourth season in 2019 on Hulu that was kind of like 15 years later. Right. What is she doing now? But there's also novels, there's a whole extended universe. Okay. <laughs> it's, you know, it's vast. I haven't read the book, but I did watch the movie and all the seasons of the TV show. They vary in quality. The first season, I would say, is definitely the best. Okay. The second two of the original kind of go downhill, and I don't love the movie. But I did kind of like the rebooted version in 2019. So, you know, ups and downs. And, like, there's little good things everywhere. The series was created by Rob Thomas, who also created 90210, also okay. a teen soap. Love that one. Right? And also created Party Down and iZombie, which are like also two of my favorite shows. Not really the same vibe, but very funny shows. It stars Kristen Bell as Veronica Mars. She is Anna from Frozen or Eleanor from The Good Place. And she is Veronica Mars, who is a high schooler who works part-time as a PI with her dad, who is played by Enrico Colantoni. Each episode basically deals with a fun mystery of the week that she's solving, usually as a favor for a classmate. Sometimes it's a more adult mystery that she's helping her dad with. And then each season has an overarching mystery. The first season's overarching mystery is the murder of her best friend, Lily, whose brother also happens to be Veronica's ex-boyfriend, Duncan. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and her dad also used to be the sheriff, and he was ousted from being the sheriff after he didn't solve this murder, so... It's pretty intense. And then, of course, she also has to have a fun flirtation with her dead best friend's 
ex-boyfriend, right, right. Logan, who also happens to be her ex-boyfriend's best friend. Right, right. Right, right, okay. right. So it's, it's very drama-heavy. <laughs> you know, there's, like, a lot of love triangles. Okay. And then Duncan and Logan's families are very rich, and mm. Veronica's family is poor, so there's a lot of class tensions going on. Generally, just, like, a very over-the-top, but fun TV show. But unfortunately, I must warn you, there is so much rape in this show. Okay. There are fun mysteries, like a dog is missing, you know, mixed in there too. So it's like not all heavy things, okay. but then somehow every single season, wow. yeah. rape becomes a plot line. And it's like, guys, there are other crimes that happen, yes, yes. but they don't know about that. So all four seasons are now available on Hulu and you can rent the movie anywhere. So okay. it is widely available. Wonderful. That sounds good. I'm okay. Really this this one story. obviously is kind of more of a heavy lift because, mm-hmm. you know, four seasons. So you don't have to watch it all. No, I'm but... going to try it though. I feel like <laughs> I find myself, the reason I'm excited about this podcast is because whenever I'm like trying to start a new show, I watch it and I'm like, oh, this could be good. But like, you know how in the beginning sometimes shows are like hard to get into. Yes. Like, I know if I could be watching Euphoria instead right now. And it's this my, like, it's my go-to comfort show. So it's like I need to kind of like branch off from my go-to comfort show. So yes. these are, are good recommendations it is to do so. so hilarious to me that Euphoria is your comfort show. <laughs> oh my God. Like- well, there's, it also is so funny because I know the show so well because I've, I've just seen it so many times that like I'm like, okay, I'll go. I, I'm really like craving like the seventh episode, like 30 minutes in. Like it's like... And so I'll just like click and I'll just scroll through and my remote doesn't do like the like I or at least if it does, I don't know how to do it. So like where it rewinds really fast. So I'm like slowly like clicking through until I find the scene I like. I and love that. It's, it's a process. I'm hoping to like ease out of that with a new show. I mean, <laughs> yes, new shows are amazing, but also that's hilarious yeah. and awesome. And if you it's love wonderful. it. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's, it's a great show. You could do worse. But I do have another show to recommend. Okay, let's hear yeah, it. we're 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 going big on TV this episode. Okay. So this is another Netflix show called The End of the Fucking World. Oh, I love that show. Oh, I'm okay. so happy to hear yeah, it. Really okay, I'm like I'm sorry you've already seen it, but also no, I'm so really happy you love it. Yeah. It's just oh, it's so great. Okay, well for those of you who have not seen it, it is a 2017 British dark comedy that was created by Jonathan Entwistle, and the second season premiered in 2019. I don't think I've seen the second season. I oh, it. Yeah. the second season? Okay, the second season's a little bit wild, I do have to say. Okay. It kind of felt like it didn't need a second season because it kind of wrapped up at the right. end of the first one. And then, not to spoil anything, but then it's like, we're back and there's some new characters and like, it's a new dynamic, obviously, because of everything that went down. Yeah, I would be so interested to hear your yeah. thoughts on the second season because I didn't love it as much as the first season, okay. but it's still definitely interesting. And I think it's done now, sadly. I don't think there are going to be any more. But the first season follows a 17-year-old who believes himself to be a psychopath and he thinks and talks about that to himself a lot. He's played by Alex Lothar and it follows his like obsession and then friendship and then other things that ensue. <laughs> Don't want to spoil it for anyone with one of his classmates who is played by Jessica Barden and she sees James as a chance to escape from her tumultuous home life. It is based on the Charles Foreman 
mini comics of the same name, which were collected into a book in 2013. I have not read this book, but I feel like that kind of tracks because of how internal monologue Mm. focused it is. I wasn't super surprised to learn that. Like Euphoria, it dips into the surreal and has a very distinct style beyond just being about teenagers having life issues. And it's streaming on Netflix, so you guys should check it out. (laughs) And you should check out the second season and tell me what you think. Okay, we're on to my last recommendation. And this one, I'm going to tell you about the movie because I've seen it, but it's also a book. So if you're you're a book woman, you could read the book too. I am like not super good at sitting down and reading (laughs) books. So, but this one's been on my list for a while and I love the movie. It's called It's Kind of a Funny Story. Mm, you heard I've of this? I've heard of that, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting one, and it deals with mental health in a very interesting way, similar to Euphoria. It is a 2010 dramedy that was written and directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They're a really interesting producing and directing team who I assumed were married because they've made Mm -hmm. a bunch of movies together and then I Googled them and realized they weren't and I was like, that's interesting. (laughs) Apparently they dated and then they broke up, but the partnership's still working. So I'm like, that's interesting. They directed Half Nelson, Sugar, Mississippi Grind, and most recently, and the one that I know them best for, Captain Marvel. So they're kind of prolific guys. The movie is an adaptation of Ned Vizzini's 2006 novel of the same name. It was number 56 on NPR's list of the 100 best ever teen novels. So that's a pretty ringing endorsement, (laughs) I would say. And it was also named a 2007 best book for young adults from the American Library Association. Ned Vizzini is a really interesting and kind of tragic figure. He also wrote Be More Chill, which was adapted into a musical in the summer of 2015. And he also wrote a bunch of other books and very publicly talked about his struggles with depression and suicidal ideation. And he actually died by suicide in 2013. And it's very relevant to this book because the main character is at least loosely based on him as a teenager. In the movie, the main character is played by Keir Gilchrist. He plays a depressed 16-year-old who checks himself into a mental health clinic. Zach Galifianakis plays another patient who kind of becomes his mentor. And Emma Roberts plays another teenage patient who begins a flirtatious friendship with him. Viola Davis also shows up like really quickly as a psychiatrist, which is kind of cool. And it's basically about him realizing it's okay to have depression and other mental illnesses and you know, you can still survive in the world, can still go on and achieve things and it doesn't have to totally define you. So it kind of has a happy outlook, but it's dealing with a lot of really serious mental health situations and is kind of sad but has a good message I think I watched it when I was in high school and dealing with my own mental health issues and I felt like it really you know educated me in some important ways about mental health and it is now streaming on Amazon Prime so readily available is this the movie where I have a clip in mind that I think is 
from this movie where is it you said Emma Roberts is in it? Yeah. Where she's wearing a shirt that says like I hate men and he's like I like your shirt. Is that, is that from <laughs> yes, this movie? I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because I, yep. I like I I know that I've like either watched the trailer or like so, this movie is so familiar to me. That's I I, I, I like it. don't remember that shirt specifically, but that sounds like something that happens. I in this I movie. think that's because it's like them in like a hallway of like either like a mental hospital or something like that. Like I just like have it in my head. I think that's what it is. So I think just so based too. on that and your description, that makes me want to watch it. <laughs> oh my. God, that's hilarious. Well, I I hope that you like it and that it doesn't like make you sad because it does have the possibility of doing if, that. If a show like Euphoria is my comfort show, I feel right. like that says enough I, about my taste in media that I don't know, maybe some heavy topics are comforting for me to watch. Not comforting, yes. but you know, exciting. No, truly. Um, yeah. No, I, I get a lot of comfort out of a lot of very depressing media, <laughs> um, which, you know, might explain why my recommendations are a little depressing. But, you know, hopefully you guys like depressing things, too, sometimes. <laughs> what a um, way to sell it. Right? Right. Like, lightly depressing, but also really stylish and yeah, cool to look at. And some good performances in all mm. these. Yeah. Actually, there is a Veronica Mars sticker on my computer oh, that no we're way. recording on right now. <laughs> I just thought of that. An icon. I love I'm her. I'm excited for that one. That's, I, I haven't, like, heard much about it, though. I don't know. Like, I've, I've definitely heard that name, but I haven't. I, I don't hear it people talk about it very often. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like a millennial show mm, a little okay. bit. But like, I don't know a ton of people our age who have seen it. So I'm always looking for people. This is actually what this whole podcast was for, is to trick people into watching Veronica Mars so that I would be <laughs> less single, alone. Every single recommendation is just Veronica Mars. You have to like sprinkle in a few more just so they don't oh think you're God. crazy. But. Exactly. It really all comes back to Veronica Mars. <laughs> It's a fun time. I hope you like it. Wonderful. Thank you for the recommendation. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you for coming in and talking to me and for being Euphoria's number one fan. (laughs) The other day I was talking with my roommates. So I'm in a media and social change class and I somehow, um, for my final, like, you know, warped it into. We could barely write about anything. Yes. So now I'm making a zine about the hyperfeminization of trans characters looking specifically into jewels from euphoria oh and my my, my roommates were talking about they're gonna they're like your professors are gonna sit down and be like did you also have that creep who only talked about euphoria <laughs> yes oh my god this is so, so funny they were like you're like and i was like at least it's interesting content like at least it's not like some i don't know i guess maybe it's not interesting to them but for me like I, it's like a my hyper fixation and oh they're like well, i want to see Crazy. this zine when you're I'm done really with it that sounds amazing it it's gonna be a little bit of like satire like traditional yes. beauty magazines and be like how to be a girl in four steps whatever and then like <laughs> break it down and say there's no anyways i'm really excited about that so i am I've, excited I've found a way too. to like throw like even, even just a little sprinkle of euphoria or like a you know a really like a big dollop um <laughs> you know in my 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 finals and my little projects I write just here and there so (laughs) yes no okay this is the fun thing this is also just a plug for media and screen studies Mm -hmm. as a major because this is the fun thing about these classes is I also took (laughs) media and social change and I managed in that class and two other classes to have my finals be about Jane Fonda because she's 
my icon of the whole world. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, what if it's like about this part yeah, of Jane exactly. Fonda? You <laughs> right, part. like this little part. Yeah. And yeah, I'm hoping, you know, next semester I'm able to eke out another final about (laughs) Jane Fonda because (laughs) this is what media and screen study classes are for. Absolutely. I I actually have a recommendation for you. Yes, please. But okay, well, I guess this was, I don't know how much you love Euphoria, so I can't really, I guess this is a recognition for me as well, but I've already seen it. So, but on like the theme of Euphoria, or for the listeners, if they also like Euphoria, you know. I bet they um, do. I I was in a Latin American film class last semester. And um, we watched this, I think, yeah, a Brazilian movie. So it's in Portuguese, but there's subtitles. And it's called Alice Jr. And it's the, it's, it, I, I, it's very similar. Like the character of Alice Jr. is very similar. Or I guess, she, yeah, she's kind of similar to Jules. She's kind of more of like a, from Euphoria, kind of more of like a, um, like an innocent version of Jules, I'd say. Okay. Like it's not, they're, like the, the topics aren't as like heavy, but it, right. like, it's still about her. Like she moves to a new town, like she's trying to fit in, like, and she's in this like really traditional like Catholic school. And it, it is, and it, similar to Euphoria, they have like little, um, like for example, if she like touches things, they'll like turn into glitter, you know, where there's like little oh, things where it's yes. like kind of more like imaginative, which is fun. I love um, that. And like, so, but she, so like the kind of like um, premise of it is that she's like a, um, a, a vlogger and it, what's cool about it is that like it like um Jules from Euphoria like that actress is an is an actual trans actress and she um she has had never acted before similar to Hunter Schaefer and she's actually like an actual vlogger in real life which is so oh. cool but it's like she's like this little vlogger and then she like has to move because her dad's a scientist and they're like examining this like scent of like a nut or something weird oh of so course she moves to this little small town in Brazil and it's like her like with like in like a love triangle and like you know like their whole like sexuality crisis as well and like the, and it, it is so so good it's like it's kind of more of like a fun movie um but if anyone is really into jewels from euphoria like i am or loves euphoria i would recommend that movie it's really good i am so excited about this <laughs> yes okay it's on no. netflix as well alice jr is what it's called it's like i'm gonna start <laughs> telling all my guests you need to bring me recommendations oh, that's a good call. too yeah that's yeah a thing. yeah like, <laughs> give them to me i love them i'm always looking for recommendations well, amazing. You've been, like, the greatest guest. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. Oh, yay. And thank you all for listening. I'm Hannah Rossman, and I'll see you next time here on Media Matchmaker. Media Matchmaker.